Hello, and welcome to the Rebuilding Relationships Podcast. My name is Carrie Vasquez, and I'm a relationship coach and strategist. But most importantly, I am a Jesus lover. I'm a wife, a mom to five children, and a grandmom. Each week, I'll be here with a guest or a message to help you love yourself deeper, fall in love again, and restore your relationships with God and others. Now let's get started. Welcome everyone to the Rebuilding Relationships podcast. I am so happy to have you all here and so excited um, for our guest today who's going to be sharing uh, her story and how she was able to rebuild her life and go from a place of pain and turmoil, um, just hurt, um, and and living a life now of love and, and success and and not perfect because none of us are, <laughs> but I am so excited to have you with us, Sally, um, and welcome to the show. Thank you, Carrie. Thanks for having me. Sure. So you are here to share your story with us today, and you're going to be talking to us about how you lost yourself for a period of time in your life, right? You struggled in your relationship, um, with, you know, with your family member and, and really ultimately it became a struggle within yourself. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm so excited that, um, you're willing to share this story cause it's not an easy one, I'm sure. Um, so thank you again. So let's get started. Tell me when your life really got flipped upside down. Um, and if you want to go back a little bit further than that, but tell me a little bit about your story, where it kind of all started. Yeah, we just get started there. Sounds great. Thank you. Um, well, um, I have two daughters, two biological daughters and a stepdaughter. And my husband actually adopted my two girls when they were eight and 10. And outside looking in, it looked like we had it all together, right? Um, blended family is not easy anyway, but we did we did really well with it. The girls got along great. Three, three girls yes. <laughs> in any household is interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so as my, my youngest, um, when she approached about age 14, you know, there's been, there was some, um, some marijuana, some, some, I don't want to say lighter drugs, but lighter drugs in comparison to what's out there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so drugs and, you know, stealing the car and stealing shoplifting and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and failing grades. Mm-hmm. Um, she went from someone who did have good grades to someone who, we weren't sure if she was going to um, finish high school as she approached sophomore year. And we decided, my husband and I decided that after after a lot of counseling, this was not <clears throat> a spur of the moment decision by any means, mm-hmm. um, but we did send her to, um, it was a, a Christian organization for struggling teens, but also where they graduate high school. Awesome. So we sent her to a year program for that. And that in itself was you know, for any mom out there yes. who has done something like that, it's, it's, it's just gut wrenching. Yeah. I was going to say heart wrenching. Yes, I'm sure. Uh, it is. And, um, you know, it was, it was in a different state across the country. Mm-hmm. So we really, they, and their policy was to have transporters, um, unless your child was willing to go. And so we knew she wouldn't be willing. So yes. we had to do the transporter route. And that to this day truly is, it's one of those things that those memories that just kind of kind of haunt you a little bit um, and wonder like, was this the right choice? Because after 
um, she did go and she completed the year program um, with lots of bumps in the road, but she completed it, came home and um, within a week or two, she ran away. And at that point she was, she left when she was 16. So she was about 17 and a half or so um, when this happened. So she took off and, and we did get her back home. Um, And basically what happened is she started dealing with um, more drugs um, Mm -hmm. and alcohol and things like that. And I was, we lived in a smaller town, so mm-hmm. we had a lot of people that knew her, and so right. they would kind of inform me. She didn't leave far. Right. She was still in town. Um, we had the police involved because, you know, she was a minor. Sure. Um, so basically what happened is um, probably about two months, three months after that, we did an intervention. Mm. So we contacted an agency, and they came and we got her to the house um, with the family members sitting around the room like they do it, kind of yes. like on TV. It's literally just like that. Okay. Um, and she didn't agree to go. Um, and so the rule was with with that is you either agree to go to the appointed rehab or you have to leave the home. Right. Like that you're not welcome back in the home. Okay. Um, and so we had to do that. So that was my first glimpse of, oh, my gosh, am I enabling her? Because they teach you. Mm what enablement is. Right. And I'll never forget when she left the home that day, she seemed completely fine. She didn't yeah. want to go yeah. uh, to rehab. Yeah. And I was instructed to cut off her cell phone service. Um, and it sound trivial, but for a 17 year old sure. at that point, she had no connection to me. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's huge. And my husband and the lady who was doing the intervention, she's like, you have to do this. Mm hmm. Because you are not going to pay for cell phone service for her right. or anything else for that matter. So therefore, so I did it and it was my first time cutting the cords per se. Yes. With enablement. Um, and enablement covers obviously a huge, that's a whole right. other subject. But, let's talk um, a little, like, tell me a little bit about that. Like, let's, what did that look like? What did they, what did you learn about being an enabler and, and enabling her? Well, I learned all the things that parents do to enable their children. I I can say that I don't feel like I did a lot of them, thankfully. And as time went on with her, there could have been even more serious enablement that I, I chose to not take part in, which I'm really thankful. And I wouldn't have known that information had it not been for the intervention. But things like, um, well, the cell phone service or providing you know, let's say your child is on drugs and, and they only have $10 or $20, but you're going to feed them. Yes. Well, you, and it sounds horrible, mm-hmm. but if you feed them, then that money's for drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, letting them stay in your home uh, without working a job or at least make making a, an effort to help out. Right. Um, there's so many things that, right. that encompass that. Sure. Um, so, so needless to say, she did um, two weeks after she left our home that day with no cell phone, she agreed. She called me, not sure from whose phone, right? Um, but she called me and said she was ready to go um, to rehab. So my husband took her and um, that was only a 90 day program. It was a private rehab again, across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, was there a reason why your husband took her or, or it was just. She was a master, master manipulator. To okay. Me. 
Okay. And I asked that question because, so this topic is very near and dear to my heart because you know, um, I've shared with you um, that I have my own struggle with one of my children and it's so hard. And I've been told you're an enabler and you're, you know, you're a codependent or, you know, all these things. And it's something that I've been working on myself. Um, So when I met you, um, and I met you through one of our groups, our Facebook groups, um, and saw how you wanted to help and serve um, other moms and other women who have been going through these types of issues, I was obviously drawn to you, right? Um, Because it's so hard as a mom. Like you said, it's heart-wrenching, right? So even as you're sharing, like I'm like, okay, that was heart-wrench number one. And then, oh, you had to kick her out, heart-wrench number two. Oh, you had to cut her cell phone off, heart-wrench. And I'm sure there's a whole bunch in between there, you know? Um, So, but but this is um, why it's it's a topic that's so, you know, I I get it. Right. And yeah, my husband, my husband took her primarily, like I said, because if I would have been the one, she probably would have somehow been able to manipulate me yeah. to not go to that airport or Absolutely. something. Else. That's me. I'm, I'm right there with you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it was instructed by the agency, by the okay. interventionalist. Okay. That, he, that he'd be the one. I stayed home and made the plane arrangements, et cetera. Right. Um, okay. So she went to the rehab, like I said, and she, um, it, it didn't go well. Um, I, she came back angry and, mm. um, so forth, but she came home and again, ran, ran away, mm. um, within a week. Mm-hmm. And this, that was the last time she was in our house. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay. and that was about eight years ago. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So how was your relationship with your husband during this time? How did you, how did you survive? Yeah, barely. <laughs> We're still married. We're still right. married. Um, yes. Doing much better now. But at that time, we, I always tell people that I feel like there's, when there's times of crisis where you have to come together to make a decision, we did really well. Mm-hmm. We were, we were, um, we were a team. Yeah. But every day, um, one example I'll never forget is when she left for the, the year program. Mm-hmm. That following day, or maybe it was even that day, I remember laying down in bed and crying my eyes out, and I could hear him in the living room, and he was laughing about something or other. I don't know if it was on TV or talking to someone or whatever, Mm -hmm. and I remember getting so angry. Mm. How can you laugh at a time like this? Right. But men, and some women, I I wish I had that gift, can compartmentalize. Right. The child versus the rest of your life. And us moms don't do that as well as maybe we would like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Like I said, I can, the more we talk, I can relate more and more and more. (laughs) And, and I, Carlos and I, we, um, we, this is us where we can, um, when it's time to make a decision or to be like that team and like, all right, rubber hits the road. What are we doing? Solutions. We know. We are great. And but then when that day to day hits and then it's just like just the reality of day to day, there's times if you're, you know, if you're not kind of really checking in with your each other and how how are you feeling? How are you feeling? You know, what bothers you? What sets you off? How you know, how can we do better? How can I do better? Um, it can it can be a real challenge. Um, and then you can have that start to develop that kind of resentment or that anger, like, you know, 
and and that builds up over time, right? So yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, and now I could now I ask my husband like what what was your, what were you feeling at that time? Because unfortunately we did not communicate well mm-hmm. during the day-to-day stuff. Right. Um, but he said he got to the point where he, you know, sometimes he almost resented her because right. he lost me in the process. Right. Right. And that wasn't over just a year. We're talking, this is, you know, 10 years in the making. Sure. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's hard for them too. So how, how was he losing you in the process? So what was that, what was that like? Um, well, after she had come back and ran off again, um, like I said, she had, that was it. She wasn't at home anymore and she had moved to, um, another city nearby, but it was a larger city and, um, she ended up getting into a lot of trouble there. Um, I best define it as a vulnerable teenager who was found by people who, you know, we're living a life less than desirable mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she joined in, mm-hmm. um, being persuaded and whatnot. And so, um, he lost me in the sense of the way I dealt with not knowing where my daughter was for several years. Um, you know, every now and then I would get a glimpse of something on social media, but she blocked her family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would have friends literally that would give me their passwords because they, I just, I was, I was desperate to mm-hmm. know where she was and just to know she was alive. And right. I knew if I had seen her post, I knew she was alive. Right. And that's how bad it got. And, wow. um, yeah, he lost me literally to alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, so during, uh, several years back, um, I had always casually drink, but it became an issue when I couldn't deal with my reality anymore. Right. And I was seeking counseling. Mm-hmm. It's not that I was just burying my head. Sure. I was, you know, I was seeking counseling, but I was so depressed. Rationally, we know alcohol is a depressant and it makes it worse. But at the time, we don't think of that. Exactly. Um, So it definitely made it worse. And so I literally, I would come home from work and I would start drinking and I would drink until I went to bed. And um, I didn't want to talk to him. We sat in separate rooms. Mm -hmm. I was downstairs. He was upstairs. Um, He didn't want to talk about her Mm -hmm. because that's all I thought about every Mm. waking moment. Wow. And so he didn't want to, you know, every now and then he might be willing to engage in a conversation, but not as often as I was probably trying to propose. Sure. Um, So it got to the point where I just didn't want to talk to him either. Yeah, sure. Now, just a little, like, um, sidebar, turnaround or whatever. How did your other girls deal with this in the process? Mm, Good question. Um, My other, my my biological daughter is a couple years older, so Mm -hmm. she... Um, she was very sad, very sad, very confused. Mom, we grew up in the same house. Like, how can this happen? Right. Like what, you know, um, they didn't have everything they wanted, but they had everything they needed. They did never went without. Right. And it just didn't make any sense. Mm. And even to this day, we're asking ourselves that sure. same question. So, sure. um, she handled it okay, but I think she buried sure. a lot of it. And then my youngest, um, my stepdaughter, she wasn't. Um, she was with us half the time, right. so she wasn't as involved, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like three years younger, so okay. um, we protected her most of the time sure. from that back then. But now, you know, today she understands everything that has happened. Sure, so. sure. Wow, I, I, I mean, it's it's taken everything in me, and I won't be surprised if by the end of this, I will be bawling because <laughs> it's <laughs> it's 
like I said, our stories are um, so similar. And I think the biggest thing is that we're not alone, right? And I think when you're in it and you're going through it, sometimes it becomes so hard to really feel like who is there? Who understands what I'm going through? Who understands like this pit in my heart and in my stomach that just feels like it's like never ending? Like who can get this, you know? And, um, and it's so hard because there's a lot of noise going on around us during this time too, right? There's everyone who has their thoughts, their opinions, their advice, their like everything, right? And people tend to almost like vomit all that out on you and you are already dealing with what you're dealing with. Then you're already Mm -hmm. dealing with just your immediate relationships, your husband, your daughter, and you're trying to keep it all together for everyone, right? So I, I, you know, as friends who vomit on you, but then also the friends that, you know, they, unless they, and I'm not saying you can't have friends that can really walk alongside you, but unless they've gone through something like this, they don't, there's, it's almost impossible for them to understand the depth of your pain. Yes, absolutely. And you know, and, and the vomit is with all good intention. I don't say that like (laughs) they intentionally, you know, there's a good intention behind it. And, and, you know, people mean well, they want to help. Um, so, but absolutely it's, you know, and I think I have felt that probably every day or every time I get some opinions or feedback, like when you're in it, then I would love to hear everything you have to say. Not that I don't want to hear what they have to say, because I do try to receive and, you know, listen um, to advice. Because I think that probably would go back to, like, the enabling, right? If I shut myself down and I don't want anyone to kind of give me any advice and and I just want to kind of do what I think is right. <laughs> Protecting um, your child's um, persona kind of thing. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. like you know she's he's a, he's a good boy. She's the good girl. Like, you know, yes, she wouldn't do that. Right. My, mine is, and I will say that what mine is, I always, I will go in and say, Oh, this happened and this happened and this happened, but he's a really good kid. I mean, but he's really like, he's an amazing kid. Like I know deep down inside, like he's got so much potential. So it's, which I believe is true, but there's also that, that almost the covering of, of the behavior of what's really going on. Yeah. But I still, to this day, say, say something similar to that though. And I know deep down, like God has a huge plan for her life and she's yeah. going to use all of this. Absolutely. And he's to help her use it all for good. And again, I'm right there with you. I've just been, and that's been uh, the thing. And I'm sure you've still continued to this day. Um, every single day, just praying and praying and praying and believing And, and as we, and, you know, faith without works is dead. So it's kind of like you programs and the help and the intervention and taking. So I believe that, um, with that faithfulness to staying committed to helping and doing and being in prayer, um, I, I believe that the breakthrough comes, right. And I think it's all plan part of you know, God's plan and purpose for their lives and our life, right? Um, Because I believe that you and I wouldn't be where we are today had it not been for that pain that we have experienced, right? Absolutely. And that's hard. That's hard to digest sometimes, isn't it? But for all of us, regardless of your situation, I think it's so true. 
Yeah. Yeah. Very true. So how, so let's loop back. How did you and your husband kind of come to this place where you are today that you have been able to work through things? I would say my relationship with him and my relationship, even with my other daughter and maybe even some friendships, nothing got resolved until I took care of myself. Mm, Okay. And truly when I, um, after several years of drinking, um, I had gained 70 pounds Wow! um, and I was miserable, Mm -hmm. miserable, just downright miserable. And I received a health diagnosis that, um, I, you know, I was told that I had so much inflammation. Mm, Wow. You know, sugar sugar causes inflammation, stress causes inflammation, all the things. Mm -hmm. So much inflammation in my body that if I did not make some changes, that I would have cancer within a year. Wow. And that particular conversation with the doctor literally changed my life. Wow. I never had another drink and it's, it'll be four years, um, in January. That's awesome. Congratulations. That's amazing. And, and it's awesome because, um, you know, and we've talked about how it's different for everyone, right? For you, it was that health scare, that moment that you had to say, I can't do this anymore. I I have to make a change. You know, for some people, it's a longer process and it's years of, you know, either detoxing or rehab or whatever it is. And it's great because whatever you knew what you need, that's all you needed. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you were able to break free from the addiction. Um, yeah. I didn't think I would be able to, to be honest with you. There were many years prior to this that I had tried to quit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm going to quit for a week just to show myself I can do it. Mm. And sometimes I'd be successful, but most of the times not. Right. And I remember thinking if I ever really needed to quit or wanted to quit drinking, like really, really, I would have to go to rehab. Mm-hmm. And I was ashamed that then that way people would know I had a problem. Right. So I thought, well, then I can't, I can't do that. So I guess I'll never quit. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until the health scare that God was like, all right, this is serious. Mm-hmm. And he had been prodding me, convicting mm-hmm. me to quit right. for a very long time. Sure. And I mean, for some of, some people can, you know, drink in moderation and, and I'm just not one of those people. Right. Um, right. Do you think you were that can, it's different. Right. And do you think that you were, were you like a functioning alcoholic during that time? Absolutely. Did your friends and family know that you had a drinking problem? I don't think so. Okay. No, not to the extent that it was. Okay. You know, they knew I was drinking, but they didn't know the extent of the amount and how much it ran my life. Wow. My day was, my day revolved around what time I could start drinking. Mm, Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And how were you be able to, um, how's your, how are your daughters doing today? You're, uh, the ones that have been home and how are they in your relationship with them? Oh, really good. My oldest daughter is married and has a baby and not really a baby. She's six. Uh Um, and, uh, my other other daughter is, um, going back to college and working full time. She's doing awesome. well. So no, they're doing really good. And, yeah. um, we do have, uh, a relationship with my other daughter now mm-hmm. and she's in the process of recovering. Um, okay. and so we're just continuing to pray for her on a daily basis. And that's yeah. knowing that we can't change her. Right. Um, she has to make those decisions for herself, but we love her and 
I have faith that she'll come home. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And that's all we can do, right? Just pray them home and healthy and safe and in just in a better place and more whole than when they left. Right. Because the reality is that there is a root cause to why they're hurting and why they feel so broken. And it has nothing to really, I don't want to say nothing, but it has little to do with what what you did raising them, right? Because we had the same exact, I think that's another thing that sometimes there's almost like a stigma. Well, if you have a child with behavioral problems, it's the parenting, it's the mom, it's the dad, it's what did you do to cause this problem? Yeah. So as moms, then we have that burden of guilt on us. Like, what did I do? What could I have done differently? And um, and then that becomes really difficult for us. But we had a lot of the same uh, questions um, where we said, or I have four girls, and you know they would say, we don't understand, mom. You know, like we're all in the same home, and and um, you know, and sometimes that, they're like, and you're a great mom, and I'd be like, thanks, I could do better, or, you know. But they're like, you know, you've, you've been great, and and they have, and we're a blended family. Also, so Carlos is stepdad um, to three of the girls, and you know, but they're like, you know, there's just no reason. Same thing. They've had everything they needed and then some, you know, have never yeah. wanted for anything. We raised them in church and, you know, and prayer and, and it's just, and you kind of sit back and you're like, why isn't it this perfect? And not even if it's not perfect, but just mm-hmm. functioning. Cause you know, exactly those points right. that you feel like so dysfunctional, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, even my daughter who's been on this road has told me, because I've asked her point blank. It's like, what did I do? Yeah. Like this was, I don't ask myself that as much anymore, but this was a couple of years back. But, sure. And she said to me, mom, this is not your fault. Right. Right. So coming right from her mouth. Yeah. That gives me a lot of, um, knowing that, okay, this wasn't me. This was, right. this was her, this was her choices. Right. This was, you know, we have free will. Exactly. And sometimes even when we, when we decide to make a wrong choice, but we don't intend for it to be as big as it gets. Sure. Exactly. And, and then it just blows up. Exactly. Yeah. And you don't know how to get Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it's, yeah, it's just, um, it's difficult, but I think that, um, what I've heard repeatedly and I'll say that, and I say this the same th- to you is like your faithfulness to just stay in it and just to continue to love and continuing to love her and continuing to pray for her. Um, I think that that makes a huge difference. Um, and it's something that if no one else, if everyone falls off, you're the constant, right? And you're that that person that it's like, you know, there's healthy boundaries, which are a must, but I'm, I'm a mom. I'm always here for you with healthy boundaries, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I was going to say that too, because that's, that's something that, um, and the boundaries change. Um, I've been for the last four years, I've been, um, we moved to a different state Mm, from where she is almost five years ago. And we had the opportunity to move. And I, I truly believe that also saved my life because there was just so much stress related to being there. Yes. So as soon as we moved here um, to where we live now, we I started um, small groups for my church. Awesome. So I have every semester I have a small group of moms 
who have children who are struggling. And so I've been doing that with all these different books. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, your audience would probably love if they're going through this is the yes. um, boundaries for your adult children. Mm. It's okay. huge. Exactly. Some of the things that you've been saying yeah. are in that book as well. Like it, because we've been there, we get it. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah, thank you. That's that's great. I'll put make sure that I share that in show notes too. Um, now, tell me a little bit more about how you could serve our audience, our tribe. What is it that you're doing or getting ready to do? Um, and how could they reach out to you? Awesome. So I'm super excited. I just have felt led to start an organization to help moms, to help desperate moms like like you and I, what we've gone through. And it doesn't matter if they're, you know, just, um, I always say like, like we've been in the pit. That's how I describe it. And whether you're like in over your head or maybe you're just kind of dangling in there, you're like, God, I don't like the way this feels. Um, those are the moms that I want to help. And I just want them to be able to regain a sense of, um, identity, health and happiness. Yes. Um, because I truly believe that it does start with us, mm-hmm. with all of our relationships. So, right. you know, my marriage has gotten better because I've gotten healthier. Yes. My other relationships have gotten better because I've gotten healthier. Right. Um, so I'm just trying to be able to help moms do that um, yeah. through workshops. Yeah. And I'll be doing some online courses mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's so, really awesome. exciting about that. Yeah. Um, it's called Harris 180. Awesome. Uh, I want to help women make moms make a 180 change. Awesome. Um, and then also um, my new, my first course that I'm going to be launching soon is called Mama Just Breathe. Mm, wow. That's and awesome. That, <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> I know. Just kind of, oh, right. Yeah. I have to remind myself to breathe a lot. Oh, so. me too. <laughs> that is literally story <laughs> of my life. So that's why that hit home. I was like, oh, okay. There's another thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> So I want to help moms take a look at um, enabling mm. and boundaries, yes. those two things first, and then dive into themselves. Yeah. Because if, if you don't take care of those two things, mm-hmm. how can you look at yourself? Yeah. But yeah. I, I would say 90% of my course is going to be on them awesome. and helping them, yeah, with emotional, um, with addiction, mm. with emotional, um, emotional stress and emotional health um, mm. and how that leads to physical health issues mm-hmm. like it did for me. Right. Um, all of those things kind of gather together some, some marriage things, some financial yeah. aspects, um, because we all deal with that as well Sure. when we have kids going astray. So, um, but yeah, so that's yeah. kind of what I'm, what I'm doing. And, um, you can reach me my email is Sally at Harris 180.com. Okay. Um, and on Instagram, uh, you can follow me at Sally J Harris. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And, yeah, I would love love to be able to help anyone. Um, another thing that I do as well, I've been doing this for about four years, is um, I'm a consultant with Rodan and Fields, if you're mm-hmm. familiar with them. Yes. Um, so that is, we're the number one skincare brand in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm passionate about it, um, not because I'm a dermatologist right. or <laughs> have no desire to be, right. but I know it's transformed my skin mm-hmm. and those of my customers and, um, it helps them feel better about themselves. Sure. I'm able to help kids with acne yes. and women with, you know, dark spots and mm-hmm. um, wrinkles and aging and something we all deal with. Right. So, Absolutely. Um, 
yeah, just another piece of, of helping, helping moms. So yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that. I've seen the results on your page. And that was just a whole nother piece that I said, um, you know, this is all part of helping women and really helping anyone, but helping people regain confidence and regain uh, a sense of like a higher or stronger self-love because, you know, when we're not feeling good, you know, right. that's, it kind of affects, it does affect all of that. So I thought that Absolutely. was wonderful. Yeah. So great. Well, thank you so much for being with us. I am so happy and so excited that you have shared your story and I'm excited because I believe this is going to help many people, many women and help with transforming um, lives just in even in taking the first steps to, to realize anything that was shared um, in this yeah. podcast. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me and I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to the Rebuilding Relationships podcast. I hope that I have served you on the highest level. And if I have, please be sure to share this episode and give me a great rating on iTunes so that I can continue to serve you and others. Now head on over to my website and grab your free copy of the first chapter of my book called Recreate Your Love. It's coming out soon. My website is www.passion4visions.com. And while you're there, go ahead and check out more of my services. My heart is always to serve you with much love. Have an amazing week and be sure to head back next week for our next episode. Please understand that anything shared on my show, the Rebuilding Relationships podcast is intended to give you tips, tools, and strategies to help you transform your relationships and your life. While I am a certified coach, I am not a licensed therapist or a doctor. So please be sure to seek professional medical advice when you feel necessary. Take care.